Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 278, December 4th, 2019. I don't recall this, but just two years ago on this day, it was 57 degrees. Ooh. And 15 below was the low on this day in 1886. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I'm afraid I've become fully committed to finding the sense wins in any major weather story. (laughs) I just, I can't help myself. I think we're counting on you for that. Yeah. Typhoon Kamuri barreled across the Philippines with fierce winds and rain Tuesday, leaving at least four people dead, forcing hundreds of thousands of villagers to abandon high-risk communities and prompting officials to shut Manila's international airport. Then it goes on to say what a a strong storm this was, and uh, I'm sure it will come up uh, on the national news. And if it does, it'll probably be slanted in such a way to suggest... That, that climate change is making these types of storms worse. Sure. That's what compels me to always go research the sense winds. So I did some work on the Philippines. That's home to 100 million people. All those islands that construct the Philippines. Uh, I went to high school with a kid from the Philippines. Hmm. I'm glad that got that a good reaction. That is crazy. Well, I mean, was yes. he Filipino? That's interesting. <laughs> That's right. Was he Filipino? Yes, he was. What okay. was his name? Philip. I don't remember. <laughs> I went to school with a kid from Melby. Really? Australia. <laughs> uh, the worst uh, ter- uh, storm to hit the Philippines in terms of death, and my God, 20,000 deaths. Wow. The Haiphong storm of September 27th, 1881. Now, that stands to reason because they would have had scant shelter and little warning, and, and uh, we also had a doozy, uh, the Angela Typhoon, September 22nd, 1867. That killed 1,800 people. 1897, 1,500 people. Uh, 1991, 2013, 2012, and 2008. Okay. Thankfully, only four people, which is a shame, but four people have lost their lives this year compared to 20,000 in 1881. Then we go to the wettest recorded tropical cyclones. Wettest tropical cyclones and their remnants in the Philippine Islands, highest known totals. the, the uh, highest amount uh, of precipitation, 22 10.0 millimeters. You guys can do the math on that if you want. That was July 1911. Okay. Hmm. July 1911. Uh, 1967. Uh, 1929, September 1929. And then others, the, the closest one to the modern era would have been 2015. And then we have... Uh, the costliest typhoons. Well, all these would be in the modern era, which stands to reason. Correct. Because of more building, development, and uh, population. And uh, the worst, uh, I mean, the costliest was in 2013, uh, 2.2 billion. Jeez. 2.2 billion. Uh, And these are all in the 2000s, which again stands to reason, even though the hurricanes have been historically visiting the Philippines since the beginning of time, it would stand to reason that the costliest would be now and the the most uh, fatal would have been early. Right, right. So just keep this little something for you to keep in mind. 
Got on it. the garage logic service road of life, when you're confronted by people who think the world is ending, there's been uh, many hurricanes and typhoons have visited. I guess I shouldn't say hurricanes. Many typhoons have visited the Philippine Islands. Jeff writes, I saw this at Maplewood Mall the other day. I'll leave the comments up to you. It was a poster for uh, this weekend. A sensitive Santa will be on duty. Oh, And what? he doesn't wear a red suit. He wears a green suit. Oh, For, for what reason? Is green more calm? I looked uh, at the poster trying to find out what Santa was being sensitive to. Uh, and it, it, in other words, maybe a... a uh, children with some some anxiety issues or something. Okay. I thought maybe that was it. I could find nothing. It's just a sensitive Santa for a quieter experience. So could the green signify oh environment? Could could <clears throat> sensitive Santa? I've developed a theme today, boys. I might need some help fleshing it out. Who was praising yesterday? Uh, who was praising? Uh, some one of you two said either you or Kenny said that Duluth did a great job on their snowfall. <laughs> Why can't it? was yeah, that you? That was well, you're, was, you're totally wrong. I know, I know. Uh, this How is so. Well, this, I didn't. Well, go ahead. Well, this is the letter from the mayor of Duluth, Emily Larson, I believe. Verify the last name for me, please. That's correct. Staff, Emily Larson. Anyone? Right anyone? here in my lead story, it's Emily well, Larson. Too bad for you. <laughs> Taking it out now. Dear Duluth, as a city, we have let you down in our response to this storm. As mayor, I take full responsibility. We can do better. Duluth deserves better. We are working through what has gone wrong. To have pockets of our city still untouched this morning and this is dated today, uh, is embarrassing and not in keeping with the basic expectations every resident deserves to have for how government needs to show up for you. As a parent, it's critical our kids are in school. As a neighbor, it's important we take care of one another. As a leader, it's essential to be reliable and provide the basics of government. We have not done that to fulfill expectations in these areas. I apologize. I have spoken with our staff and with the school district. The closing today of Lowell and Myers-Wilkins because of continued snow clearing issues goes against everything that I strive for as a leader. You're not a leader, lady. You're the mayor. Public education <laughs> access in our schools and neighborhoods of low incomes. This neighborhood and these schools need us to show up in the biggest way, not as an afterthought. I'll be having a press conference to say all of this publicly later this morning, but later doesn't help some of you as you're starting out with your day. Thanks for believing in what is possible when we do everything right huh? and for knowing and being honest with me when we get it wrong, Emily. Th this is an extraordinary document for a couple of reasons. One, uh, it, Emily is virtually admitting that they fell down on their most basic job. That she's in, mm -hmm. that they're incompetent. Yes, she's. They came down from the salon and said, "Oh, good lord! There's two feet of snow on the ground. Let's let's get going here." Well, they should have been onto that four days before the storm right. hit. That's what their job is. And two, uh, her. Her condescension is incredible. Thanks for believing in what is possible when we do everything right. In oh. other words, mm -hmm. if the government does everything right, you'll have a great life. And if we don't do everything right, you won't have a great life. Is there more of a testimony to a woman's belief in the power of government than that? And it's hitting Duluth. This isn't Minneapolis or St. Paul. This is freaking Duluth. So she is from the salon, then. Uh, I'm. I'm based Larson. on this. I'm. Well, she ain't no conservative Republican. She's from the salon. Yeah, okay. Thanks for believing in what is possible <clears throat> when we. And I can only presume the we means government. Sure. Thanks for believing in what is possible when we do everything right. 
and for knowing and being honest with me when we get it wrong. Well, you can't have snow plowing just among your, your whimsical things you must account for, lady. That should be no in a town like Duluth with the hills. That should be number one. Right. That's yeah. ex- exactly. And by the way, to defend myself for just a brief moment, I don't. I don't think you can. Yesterday's <laughs> show started off with Kenny's omission on what he said wrong. So I was just kind of following in a that theme, theme, with, theme, offering up something that uh, was inaccurate. Is this out of the ordinary for Duluth to fail so, so badly at snow removal? And my second question is: Did they fail at this because there was just so much of it, and a lot of it needs to be put in a truck and hauled away? I, I think would I think much of that would be the case. Yes. Okay. I, I think two feet of snow is is not is not unprecedented in Duluth. But when it but when, when it, you get two feet of snow, you got to have your act together. Yeah. And when it comes to um, space management, yeah. um, it's tough to deal with that. And much. she's virtually admitting that we didn't have our act together. Okay. But remember what we can do when we get it right. <laughs> <laughs> that is pompous. We. <laughs> Kelly writes, "Hail the flashlight king." Hail, Hail you. you. Joe, on Tuesday's podcast, you were talking about the picture of Greta Thunberg. The photographer said that it will be around long after we are all gone. That shouldn't be too hard, since everybody says we have 12 years to go. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted the new one. Let me do it again. Here we go. No, let me do it again. You ready? Look at me. Yeah. Focus. Hail the flashlight king. Hail Hail you. Take two. Is that the new rim shot? Joe, on Tuesday's podcast, you were talking about the picture of Greta Thunberg. The photographer said it will be around long after we are all gone. That shouldn't be too hard since everybody says we have 12 years to go. No? Do you want that one we just made before the show? That's the one. The one we just made. Hey, hey, hey. This is the last podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Take three. We're going to make the 300. Take three. Kelly in Newport, North Carolina writes, Hail the flashlight kid. Hail you. Joe, on Tuesday's podcast, you were talking about the picture of Greta Thunberg. The photographer said that it will be around long after we are all gone. That shouldn't be too hard since everybody says we have 12 years to go. Uh, we don't anticipate that. Thank you. That's nice. what you were looking for. Long way. To go. I thought the rim shot was funny. Long way. <laughs> Can't be a good semi horn. Uh, offsite correspondent Jordy. Mm-hmm. Hail you. Hey, you. No, no. <laughs> new, new emailed Kenny. Uh, it's a quote from Thomas Sowell, yeah. and he believes it's it is as if written for the state of Minnesota. Quote: It is hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. Yeah. Sounds like our state government. Sure does. According to Jordy, DHS, Minlars, etc. But we are going to have a climate sub-cabinet, and we'll be able to determine what the temperature is going to be. Aha. Uh-huh. If you do not follow him on Twitter, you are missing out. The Jordo? No, Tom, Thomas Sowell. I do. Yeah, he is a phenomenal follow. <laughs> It is hard to. I love this quote. Let's do it again. It's, this is perfectly applicable to what is happening here with the Department of Human Services. It is hard to imagine a more stupid or more dangerous way of making decisions than by putting those decisions in the hands of people who pay no price for being wrong. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. That should be that should be on their mission statement. That, yeah. that should be engraved at the state capitol. It should. Yeah. Yes. God, in granite. It's just fantastic. <laughs> it really is. 
Uh, I'm on an email jag, aren't I? You are, but that's, that's okay. okay. I, I love the Quality. emails we get from our people. Clear the desk. Uh, Dia writes, uh, my husband and I met at the Pontifical Institute for Medieval Studies in Toronto, Ontario. What, what, what? Toronto, Ontario. It was a running topic of conversation in the common room, what one would do with the degree we were slaving for. My husband and a friend of his used to talk of opening up a kiosk at the mall called Medieval Consultants. My husband ended up making a reasonable living as a professor at the University of St. Thomas. I used my degree to be an excellent housewife. It worked out for us. Good luck, Dia. All right. Here, here. Here, here. All right. Uh, What was the Egypt studies story I told you? Uh, It went something like um, somebody majored in Egyptology, right? Went to college for Egyptology. Couldn't get a job in that field, went back and got their master's in Egyptology so they could teach it. <laughs> <laughs> and, wow. is, and is currently employed for... And doing very yeah, well, right, thank right. you very wow, much. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> we'll be back shortly. I'm going to start to develop my theme for you today. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Suchere. But before I get to my theme, and I'm going to need help with it. I'm going to need help with it, seriously, because it only occurred to me this morning. So I haven't fleshed it out on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. But before I get to it, uh, I came across that story where uh, I think uh, it was mentioned on this show yesterday that Minneapolis City Council has declared a climate emergency, yes. Yeah. Yes. which yeah. amuses me. Right. Uh, citing recent natural disasters. What? What natural disasters? And warming temperatures, it's colder than hell here. I, I know that the climate affects the world. Uh, Minneapolis City Council Committee voted Monday to declare a climate emergency. This was authored by Cam Gordon and Jeremy Schroeder. It stated that the city must take action to reduce its carbon footprint. This includes developing new sustainability policies for buildings receiving city assistance. The city also needs to embrace more alternative energy sources and move away from natural gas, Gordon said. Mm -hmm. Someone should alert him to a Forbes piece about the energy situation in Germany, which is uh, they've been windmilled to death. Their their energy policies are causing disruptions in their economy. And as Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey has pointed out, uh, Germany pays most of those slaggards' bills over there. And if Germany goes under, you're in big trouble in Europe. The city also needs to embrace more alternative energy sources. Uh, What we have to find a way to heat our buildings without using fossil fuels, and that's going to be a challenge, Gordon said. Uh, 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 I I wish I still had the piece because I cut it out when it – I think it came out on Monday, right? Mm -hmm. In the middle of the the piece, the mayor acknowledged – and I'm going to have to paraphrase here – but the mayor acknowledged that this is mostly symbolic. So he actually admitted that well, this, then, is, then, this then, is pointless. Then you, as a Minneapolis resident, should not have to pay for symbolism. Right, I, I agree. Right, I agree. But it, it was such a joke. I mean, I laughed my way through the piece, and then when I saw the mayor's quote, it, it made it even seem more pointless. On Monday, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer found itself in primetime, ironically, except for here, because it was on CBS— Oh yeah, and it was preempted by the Vikings game. Oh. There must be a deal when uh, when you have a Monday night game on ESPN and your town your town puts it on a network. 
Must yeah, be. so people can see it if they don't have cable. Is that right? John, you want to take it from here I, since I, I was cr- wrong? I, well, Chris told me that that no longer happened because I was worried about not being able to see it, but so we don't know. And then it showed up on Channel 4, so we're not sure how that works. Right. But you know what, I'll, I'll, well, you're doing that, I'll look it up. Well, in any event, uh, that, that bumped, uh, in this market, that bumped Rudolph to oh. about 1 in the morning, so nobody watched it anyway. Well, you know what that meant then? We may have to cancel Christmas! <laughs> yes! I knew he wouldn't disappoint. As many know, the film spotlight Rudolph in his journey from an outsider to being the hero of Christmas and leading Santa's sleigh. It's what happens in between that's causing viewers to feel uneasy. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Phyllis wrote... As an adult, Rudolph is the saddest thing ever with the bullying and shaming and mean Santa. Probably not as bad as Nestor, the long-eared Christmas donkey, where his mom, like, freezes to death or something. And these are children's shows. No wonder we're all messed up. Early in the episode, Rudolph finds himself needing to wear a fake black nose to hide his different red nose. Per his parents' request, he does so to avoid embarrassment and ultimately is the center of the joke when it feels, uh, when it falls off and the other reindeer... Make fun of him. Right. Okay. What's so funny about the way I talk? (laughs) Uh, Ultimately, you have to blame Santa for the bullying culture at the North Pole. Donner is just middle management. Santa put pressure on his reindeer so they feel like they had to have perfect children. And this is some idiot who wrote that on Twitter. The scenes of bullying strike a chord with home viewers. Between Rudolph and Hermie, the North Pole seems like the most toxic work environment to ever exist. Ruthless bullying and then banishment to the island of misfit toys, another user wrote. As I watch Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, it's incredible the amount of bullying going on. This is, a, this is somebody named George Sosa. Who is he? This is part and parcel to the theme I'm trying to develop. Mm-hmm. I don't think that by getting sensitive to bullying that you want to uh, uh, get rid of it, said, uh, well, I can't, this printer's letting me down. Uh, that's it. <laughs> You know, Joe, I know very few outlets can cover such a controversial topic, uh, much like our friends at Super 70 Sports, yeah. right, but who they have did. the still photos yes. of yes. Santa and Rudolph, <laughs> and in the caption it says, Rudolph, I need you to guide my sleigh tonight. And Rudolph responds with, yeah, well, Rudolph's got a long memory. Let me check my bag of Fs. Oh, that's right. It's empty. (laughs) See see what's being done there? Uh, Now, nothing's being done. Uh, The show won't go off the air. It's a staple at this time of year, Uh, although it's probably headed towards going off the air or being redone completely to eliminate what these... Adult children are worried about yeah. that it's bullying yeah. and and a toxic work environment and what have you, uh, but these are these are admonitions or critiques offered by people uh, who have no credibility, who have no a horse in the race. They're just pot stirrers. Uh, here's one. The principal of an elementary school in England has banned students from sending Christmas cards oh, to fellow students. I'm going to give you a little oompa quiz here. Okay. Uh, claiming the uh, uh, festival tradition is bad for what reason? Uh, it excludes uh, people of other uh, religions and nope. races, etc. Nope. Nope. That answer is wrong. Okay. Mm. I'm going to say that not everybody would potentially get a card, so they would feel left out. Jonathan Mason of Belton Lane Primary School in Lincolnshire claimed in a letter to parents that many students approached him with concerns about why sending Christmas cards <gasps> would be problematic. 
And this guy's claiming that it was it was the kid's idea. Uh, it's got to it, then it's climate related. The, the look you're, you're right. Me. Paper. You're the, the wasted waste. paper. No, <laughs> no, no. Please say no. Sending Christmas cards would be harmful to the environment. Oh. Jesus H. These I, these are cards that are already printed, are they not? Mm-hmm. Are we talking making them uh, the homemade cards? No, Either I, way, the paper's already made. Right. Get ready with the we don't know that. Oh Thank God. you for telling me specifically what you're looking for prior or to. Or environmental <laughs> statistic, whichever one you Ooh. want. Throughout the world, we send enough Christmas cards that if we placed them alongside each other, they'd cover the world's circumference 500 times, Mason wrote. Mm-hmm. The manufacture of Christmas cards is contributing to our ever-growing carbon emissions. Wow. Here's today's environmental statistic. The head of the school continued saying that in order to be environmentally friendly in school, we will not be having a post box for Christmas cards from this year on. Then you have the parents wow. saying, well, this is Grinch-like. Most of those cards are recyclable anyway, aren't they? Yes. And, mm-hmm. and printed on recycled They probably stock. already are recycled. Well, right, yeah. yeah. So it'll be the third time they go around after they're used. Mason su- suggested to parents who want to send a card to send one card to the whole class instead of individual ones in an effort to save money in the environment. Why should children have the joy taken out of Christmas? One parent wrote, why can't these cards be recycled anyway? And I buy a lot of Christmas cards for charity. It's great to see them come out of school with their cards and a smile on their faces. It's a Christmas tradition that they have had for a long time, and now they are taking it away, the parents said. Uh, Then it goes on to say, another mother said, telling people to stop sending cards in a letter sent out to hundreds of kids uh, stinks of rank hypocrisy. They are mostly recyclable anyway. I agree that environmental issues are important, but I don't see recyclable Christmas cards as a mass contributor to these problems. Uh, They're not. Belton Lane Primary has 279 kids, ages 4 to 11. Okay, uh, this this isn't an attack on Christmas. That's a new awakening I've had this year as I'm developing new themes. This isn't necessarily, I don't believe Christmas is under attack. I just think it's convention that's under attack. Tradition Tradition. that's under attack. Do you you believe that when, when we saw these things in its infancy, that Christmas... Was was indeed under attack, but it's morphed into yeah. I do think our that. general behavior. Ten years ago, it was real easy to say. Uh, the knee jerk reaction was, "Oh, you just have these people trying to take Christmas away." I don't. I think it's much, much okay. larger than that. Well, so much larger. This should hold true then for Valentine's Day, for birthdays, for any time. Oh, it is. You would Easter any time you would buy and trade cards. Kenny, it is. It will, Kenny. Kenny, uh, <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago, we were doing Halloween. My kid was shocked. When I informed him that we got to wear our our costumes yeah. to class and masks, his eyes just lit up like, "Are you kidding? You got to do did that?" You, was it like did you say Sorry, like I did, something I did similar? Say like he was something similar to that. But that's that's how much things have changed. I'm determined that you guys are going to not use the word "like" on the show. It will really distinguish us. Yeah, well, like that's just your opinion, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. We'll take a play that. Such, damn it. Before you move on and move forward, can we back up? Yeah. Uh, I found this piece in the Star Tribune you were referring to earlier. Minneapolis declares climate emergency plans sustainable building policy. I found the quote that I was looking for. Uh, Jacob Fry said it was largely symbolic, but that it helps articulate a clear problem and one that needs to be acted upon. And then I found uh, the next graph down, and this is really something here. This should set you off. 
Council member Andrea Jenkins said she wanted city officials and activists to improve outreach to communities of color that can be most affected by climate change. Here's her quote. They are not being convinced that this is the issue of our day, she said. They've got gunfire. They've got death in the street. They've got crack. They've got crime. Every drug. And you're shoving this climate BS down their throat like it's the most important thing in their life. Well, it's very tantamount to what we learned yesterday, that you have advertising experts coming up with new terms. Right. This is merely a product they are trying to sell. Yeah. They're trying to sell this idea because it's good for government. It'll mm-hmm. expand government. It'll grow government. It'll keep government around. Uh, and, and this woman is completely crackpot because yeah. how, how, how would, uh, let's say such a thing as climate change. Well, climate change exists because the climate's always changed. Let's just say uh, from their standpoint, how would the hysteria affect a block of black neighbors more than it would a block of white neighbors? should be the same. <laughs> nope. But the thing is, they What have. she's saying is, we haven't done a good enough job selling this BS exactly. to the black community. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the black community claims they have real problems, and we're trying to convince them otherwise. Man. Wow. You know what we all had for lunch today? Yes, I do. Rookie burgers from Grunhofer's mm-hmm. Old Fashioned Meats in downtown Hugo, the north side of Hugo on Highway 61. They were fantastic. And you'll note, I didn't go to the chef down there and say, well done, meeting yeah, this or that. Yeah. I just took it the way it was Took served, it like a man. And it was wonderful. And we, it was wonderful. We established that that was the second time in your career here at yep. HBI yep. that you sat in the cafeteria and had lunch. Oh. Yeah. I'd do that for Grunhofer. And we didn't even make you play Name That Employee. No. Yeah. Hell, no. I knew more than you did. I right, you did. exactly. <laughs> he didn't, there wasn't any, who, who's that? Where does he work? Don't forget Grunhofer's pre-made meatloaf that's oven ready, spices and high temps cheese for venison sausage making, the rookie burgers, the ribeye burgers, the steaks, the chops, the pastrami, the smoked salmon, the 130 different flavors of brats. They're just fabulous. And it all comes from Grundhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. Jerky, which never makes it out of the parking lot, by the way, right? right. Anyone never. that makes a run and, and stops yeah. and gets the jerky usually devours that by the time they put the thing in, par- yep. in drive. <laughs> so uh, it's all right there at the north side of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. A great big flashing red GL sign out front. Before uh, before we go to break, I have something related to our lunch. If you all don't right. mind, I'd oh, like to sure. like to play that. For I you would guys. love you to. A candy colored clown. <laughs> They call the Sandman. <laughs> Didn't really have time to rehearse it. Pretty much just wrote this. Kenny, Kenny was making fun of me while I wrote it. So we'll see what happens. We fed the Hubbard masses. Only a couple of us looked like asses. <laughs> now we have to do a show. We're full of gas and sleepy. But no time to be weepy. Because we have to do a show. Thanks to Rook for speaking for us. Yes. Because the rest of us are just Borats. <laughs> yes, it's we are. Sort of rhymed, <laughs> but we have to do his show. Talking to people, Rook was able. The rest of us just sat at the table. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> I left. But still, we do the show. Well, as a matter of fact, the last verse, Joe says, Joe lasted a half an hour. Not once did he turn sour. Yeah, that's true. And now he's doing the show. 
Yes. If I knew the boss was going to show up, I might have stayed around. <laughs> a number of bosses a showed up. A number of bosses showed up, yeah. and they said, where is he? Uh, we don't know. He He's prepping. He here. We're prepping here. a quality podcast. He had a thing he had to get to. <laughs> right. We're going to be back with John Height. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I found two spelling errors on the GL's uh, store uh, storefront yesterday. You did? Uh, no. My, my cup wasn't stainless steel. It's satinless steel. It's satinless steel. Yeah. Satinless Ooh, is that steel? a higher technology? <laughs> and then uh, Damn it. Julie found one, too, in one of the T-shirts. Yeah. Our friend Julie pointed one out for me. I can't what remember. Was that? It, said, it said it had the pockets were from... Pockets, F R O M. I'm assuming they meant front or phone. to God, 15 people read these. Yes. Was, um, get them now, collector's but, items. But in the interest of accuracy, those cups are satinless. There's not an ounce of satin well, on then them. Well, that's, that's correct. That's accurate. Yeah. None to be phoned whatsoever. Not not no satin. Go Good to the Garage Logic website, garagelogic.com. You can see the banner ad. And also, I have pinned it to the top of the Garage Logic Facebook page. You can also find us on all social media channels. The GL store launched yesterday, and uh, I already placed my order, so it's uh, going to get here before Christmas. Yes, order nice. now to determine that you're going to get it before Christmas Eve. Okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you about Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta up in my neck of the woods in Andover, right on the border of Andover and Anoka at 3603 Round Lake Boulevard. You were tweeting about it yesterday. I uh, Last night, we uh, things got a little hectic at night, so very late, I, I stopped and got myself a pizza. My wife got her favorite rigatoni with garlic bread, and they were really good. I had the Papa Mancetti's as usual. It sounds weird. Canadian bacon, American bacon, yellow uh, banana peppers, green olives, and onions, but it is delicious. They have a couple things going on uh, for Christmas here. Let me tell you about those. If you go in and you bring a toy for the Toys for Joy operation, you will get $3 off a large or extra large pizza. Toys for Joy, a very cool thing up in Anoka County that helps kids uh, who are needy during the Christmas season. And also, through Christmas, buy a $25 gift card at Mancetti's and you will get a $5 gift card free. It's all owned and run by Greg and Rochelle Tigan. They're big GLers. They've been in business 34 years, make all their own sauces, all their own recipes. The food is unique and delicious. Uh, please check them out. Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, right there, right where Anoka and Andover meet. News today, Ramsey County officials are thinking about levying more than $10 million annually in new property taxes starting in 2022 to spark more affordable housing and redevelopment. Now, who lives in Ramsey County here? Uh, uh, it's not me. I, that'd be Joe. Yeah, Hannibal. Hannibal. Uh, yeah. Well, don't worry, Joe. you got a couple of years. 2022. You did see this piece today. I, I read this. Yeah. Okay. At a workshop Tuesday, county commissioners discussed activating existing taxation authority for its housing and redevelopment authority, the HRA. <laughs> Hennepin and Oak in Washington counties already levy similar taxes there, uh, through their HRAs or community development agencies with the funds earmarked for development and housing. Carrie Collins is Ramsey County's Economic Development Director. She said our peer counties are already levying for affordable housing. We are in an affordable housing crisis. Officials talked about finishing an in-depth housing needs assessment across the county. We're, we're in a crisis? I need to be educated on this, fellas. Um, I, I, who are the people that need affordable 
housing. Are we talking about people that are renting now and want to buy a, a house? Or are we talking homeless people? Both. Okay, so it's both. Because mm-hmm. I'm not act, I'm not trying to be snide or snarky. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm truly you, wondering. You have to qualify based upon your <clears throat> income or lack thereof and certain other factors. But we should acknowledge that, you know, $1,000 a month for an efficiency apartment or whatever, that's... That's outrageous, right? It is, but it's kind of the going rate right now. But if you're making fifteen to eighteen dollars an hour, is that affordable? It might not be, but a lot of these people that are qualifying for it might be single family or single parent homes. If it costs so much money to build a property, how are you possibly gonna offer that property um, for rent or sale lower? for less than what it costs you to build it. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that. So, it, it, Joe, wouldn't it have to be perpetually? You'd have to perpetually throw money at it, wouldn't you? Of course. Forever. The saying is affordable <clears throat> for whom? What they're not it, referring to, uh, they're only referring to people that they believe to be their everlasting constituents, and it sounds great to say there's a crisis and we're going to help you. And we're going to do it on the backs of the people who actually pay the taxes in the city. The Met Council website, 2019 affordability limits for ownership and rental housing. What is affordable housing? The Met Council's 2040 housing policy plan defines affordable housing as housing that is affordable to low and moderate income families. Who qualifies? For 2019, the affordability limit is 80% of the area median income for both rental and ownership. In 2019, that median income household of four is 100,000. So under these limits, a family of four can earn up to 75,500 to qualify for affordable housing. Okay. Hmm. So you're just basically trying to squash achievement. I just know as a, as a landlord, I own a couple of properties um, and I know what my my monthly mortgage is and if I charge significantly less than what my monthly mortgage is, I'm going to lose the property. Right, you shouldn't be in the property business. But it's right, not because their money. money. It's it's not their money. It's the taxpayers' money, Kenny. They're mm-hmm. not losing money that that they earned. Right, right. So they don't care. Mm-hmm. So in my case, I would have to sell the property because I'm yep. in the wrong business. Right, then. right. All Joe, right. that seemed like that really bummed you out. Do you mind if I pick you up with a quick email? Huh. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you, Joe. Uh, this is from Elizabeth. Joe, I have a prediction. Greta will be Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Oh, yeah. That's a good good call. I don't even think we can use the, we don't anticipate that. Good luck to us all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it uh, the the ray of hope there is that Time Magazine is now meaningless. That's true. Yeah, that so. is true. It also may soon cost drivers more to get their vehicles back once they've been towed during a snow emergency in St. Paul. The city council discussing plans to raise that rate on Wednesday. Once the citation cost, towing cost, and taxes and administrative fees are applied, if you live in St. Paul, you'd be paying well over $300 for parking where you're not supposed to during a snow emergency. Oh. St. Paul City Council is thinking about raising the cost for towing from $202 to $255. That cost applies only for those who pick up their vehicles from tow lots before midnight on the same day it was towed. Those who pick up their cars later face an extra daily fee. The cost does not include tax or the $56 citation. Plus, those who need a ride share or taxi to get to the impound lot will have to consider that expense as well. For comparison, in Minneapolis, the standard tow charge is 138 Well, all bucks. this does is hurt the very people they're trying to build affordable housing for. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been living in Minneapolis since 80. 
Four, I've never been towed during a snow emergency. Well, you because know why? you're responsible. Because I move my car. Well, yeah. yeah. Because that's I've the never only thing you're worried about when it's snowing <laughs> right. is I've got to move my car. Right. Yeah. And if I go out of town in the winter, I put my car somewhere in a parking lot where it won't be towed. Right. Right. <laughs> and there's also plow protocol. You can't park in front of your neighbor's house no, right. when the plow is coming through yeah, right. and screw them over. Right. A St. Anthony man has been charged after allegedly driving erratically alongside a vehicle and flashing a gun at its driver. Oh, 26-year-old Raymond Eugene Lembrick is charged with second-degree assault with a dangerous weapon and making threats of violence. The complaint says officers responded to a report of road rage about 10.10 in the evening Sunday by a Shell gas station at 950 County Road D in New Brighton. Officers spoke to the 911 caller who was traveling with his wife and daughter. Man told police they just exited onto County Road D from 35W in a white minivan, turned onto County Road D, pulled up next to their vehicle. The driver rolled down his window and displayed what appeared to be a handgun. Fearing that the driver may shoot at their vehicle, the caller braked and watched the minivan continue driving erratically ahead and called 911. Good. Officers later located the white minivan near McAllister Drive Northeast and 37th Avenue Northeast and saw Lembrick walking toward the main entrance of a residence. When officers told Lembrick someone had called police, reported a gun was pointed at them, he said he had a permit to carry a gun, but denied pointing a gun at anyone, saying his guns were locked up in the apartment. Now The complaint says Lembrick then admitted to driving on 35W and exiting, where he said he encountered the slow-moving vehicle. Said when he managed to get in front of the vehicle, uh, he said the driver honked at him and he gave him the finger. The complaint states Lembrick then admitted he had been at a gun range earlier and there was a gun in his gym bag inside the minivan. Officers took Lembrick into custody, made contact with the registered owner of the minivan, Lembrick's mother, who gave officers permission to, what? Uh-huh, oh. to enter the minivan. Inside the van, officers found a 9mm handgun right next to the driver's seat with ammo in the magazine. They also recovered another 9mm handgun in a case behind the front seats, again with ammunition in the magazine. If convicted, he faces up to 12 years in prison, up to $24,000 in fines, or both. Is that all? What about his right to carry? They better take that away forever. I would think they'd take that away immediately. No, if Kenny was king, he'd never own a firearm again. Hell no. What was... What about his other guns? Does, is that no, not that's, an so issue? No, that, that's fine. And okay. having a mag, if he has a permit to carry and there, there's uh, uh, rounds in the magazine, that's no big deal. I mean, that's how you carry. Okay. Um, so he was legal as far as carrying goes. But no, flashing a gun, showing no. a gun, doing no. that, no. He needs no, the no, whole 12 no. years. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't, that's, that's rule number one. Don't do that. President Trump going after Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau Wednesday morning as two-faced after video surfaced of some of the world's top leaders at the NATO summit in London appearing to have a laugh at Trump's expense. Asked about a video during a bilateral meeting with German Chancellor Angela Merkel, Trump said of Trudeau, he's two-faced. The president then abruptly canceled the planned news conference with reporters in London. He said, when today's meetings are over, I will be heading back to Washington. We won't be doing a press conference at the close of NATO because we did so many over the past two days. Safe travels to all. Macron and Trudeau and Johnson appeared to be uh, merely uh, wondering why Trump was late to see Princess Anne. And uh, they didn't say anything outrageous. Well, Trudeau said... He was late 
because he took 40 minutes right. to ta- have a press conference. You watch, You could have watched his team's jaws drop to the floor yeah. on the video. That's what apparently what Trump was. Yeah. Did you read about his meeting with the French president? Mm-hmm. That yeah. was interesting. I, I just kept searching for photos of Melania staring at Trudeau because yeah. I love those photos. Did you uh, did Don't you see all. any on this yeah. one? Did you see the Prince Charles thing? Which? which? No. He, uh, the president uh, came up to Prince Charles and the Queen to shake their hands or right. say hi or whatever, right. and he, Charles immediately put his middle finger up. Charles did eye. or Trump? Charles did. Charles did. Charles did. And, and smiled and did this. Oh, you know, yeah. the Queen's down. husband. Oh, as though to uh, give him the finger. Yes, it yeah. was. Uh, I think he definitely was giving him the finger by huh. the looks of it. Huh. Uh, Trump didn't do anything but shake everything. Just hand, to keep so. everything straight. Them royals are all nuts anyway. I'm, I only it's, got two uh, episodes left in the crown. Yeah. <laughs> Just to keep everything straight, um, Charles is the son of the queen. Philip is the husband. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just now, to keep it all now straight. Who's, is, is it Anne? Who's, Anne is, is uh, Chuck's brother. In sister. This, in this video, she's in the corner doing yeah. this to Trump. Yeah. Giving him this eye. Right. The it side eye. Yes. The side eye. Perfect. Yeah. That's exactly So who right. are the kids? They were Chuck, Andrew, Anne. And... And that's it, I think. Can you make fun of me for watching Days of Our Lives? Yes. <laughs> so basically, the, uh, what we've uh, amounted to in politics now is we're, it's just, just a playground kindergarten fight mm-hmm. every day. Uh, speaking of playground kindergarten fights, a new phase of the Democratic-led impeachment inquiry began Wednesday. Uh, we listened today to the first three uh, f- scholars who were uh, talking about impeachment. They were the three picked by the Democrats, and they all said that Trump has committed impeachable uh, acts. Uh, the fella the Republicans picked uh, has not been on yet. He is expected to say the opposite, that uh, they uh, he did not uh, commit any. Meanwhile. Here's what we got. Prince Charles, <laughs> Princess Anne, born in 1950, Andrew, 1960, and Prince Edward, oh, yeah, uh, born in 64. Eddie. Yeah. yeah. Eddie? Eddie. Yeah. Good old Eddie. A former Marine being held in Russia for nearly a year on espionage charges is faking health problems, and lying about his treatment, according to Russian authorities. Of course. The Russian foreign ministry said Paul Whelan's allegations of ill-treatment while in pretrial detention proved to be false, and diplomats had been granted access to him. However, in a series of tweets, the U.S. Embassy described Moscow's comments as pulp fiction and called Whelan's treatment shameful. Some of the most surprising news of the day, Willie Nelson doesn't smoke anything anymore. Nelson, known for singing the virtues of marijuana, even has his own line of products. He told KSAT in San Antonio, Texas, where he was performing, I've abused my lungs quite a bit in the past, so breathing's a little more difficult these days, and I have to be careful. Well, he's 109. 86, actually, 86, Joe. and now he's going to quit smoking. No, he has. <laughs> uh, for, it's been for a while. Where's oh, the party? <laughs> yeah. The 86-year-old Nelson had to postpone the tail end of a tour in August due to breathing issues. He resumed the tour in September. Uh, he told KSAT, I started young smoking cedar bark. Went from that to cigarettes. Cedar bar. Cedar bar. Wow. Apparently when he was hell? a kid, I guess. Wow. Went from Where's that, the party? <laughs> went from that to cigarettes to whatever, and that almost killed me. Now he says he's more conscientious about his health. He said, I don't smoke anymore. I take better care of myself. Uh, Nelson says he does not plan on stopping touring anytime soon. He told the local affiliate that singing for an hour on stage is the best exercise for his lungs. He also added that his tour bus is like a home. Him. So he's eating about a pound and a half of gummy bears a day, right? I, I, that's a good bet. Yeah. That's a good bet, yes. Uh, this seems like maybe things were taken a little too far. A, a divorced mom 
who is in a love triangle, is on trial for getting the two men to fight each other to see who she did end up dating. Gross. 35-year-old Asta Juskakiskian was married to Gidrius Juskakas. What country is this? Uh, this is actually in Great Britain, but that's not where they're from originally. Uh, but I took it was that. In Great Britain. They both, uh, both men, oh, and the other guy's 25-year-old Montes Caverdias. Uh-huh. They both claimed her as their own, so to settle it, she arranged for them to fight to the death. <laughs> there you go. Is she a Believe uh, me, big I'm girl? It was, I didn't see any pictures. <laughs> I'm on it. Was described, Costa La Vista. was described at Kingston Crown Court as a medieval duel. Uh, the <laughs> one fella, this would be Gidrius, he was found dying with at least 35 stab wounds to the neck, chest, Jeez. and shoulder. Wow. Wow. Out, that's the older fella. The younger yep. fella who's admitted to the murder started his relationship with a woman. I'm not saying the names again. Or if you no, I would not either. After being released from prison in Lithuania. However... Uh, the older fella did not want to divorce his wife, and they continued to have a sexual relationship. Prosecutor Hugh Davies said in their different ways, each man felt they had claims over the woman. situation was inevitably going to come to a head. Uh, the trial uh, is still ongoing. So they didn't put on the armor and the no, I no. challenge. helmets. helmets. No. Yeah. No. So wait a minute. Even though you knew she was arranging for you somewhat to be killed... I'm yeah. still going to stay involved in a little uh, if either, knocking boots with well, this maybe, lady. Maybe he thought he could handle it. If those two gentlemen were smart, they would have just ignored her and walked off hand, arm right. and arm <laughs> off into <laughs> the sunset together. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot safer. I got a sweet story here. God, we need to end on a sweet one. Well, this is a sweet one and it involves snowmobiles, so I think Kenny will oh, like it. Oh, boy. I'm listening. It's in Utah. Three puppies are recovering. After Hold on, John. Zone. Above, the, uh, above the crazy line, oh. we have the danger zone. Yep. This is your redheads, your strippers, anyone named Tiffany. Um, this is hairdressers. This is where this is where your car gets keyed. Yep. You get a bunny in the pot. That's it. Uh, your tires get slashed, you get and you medieval, wind up in jail. You get a medieval duel. <laughs> medieval duel. Yeah, he's got to revive or uh, adjust this. I know a Tiffany. She's not crazy. Really? She's a disc jockey. But oh yeah, she's we not all crazy. Know. That's true. We yeah. all know her. In Utah, three puppies are recovering after being rescued from a Weber County mountaintop. Snowmobilers say it was just dumb luck that they found the puppies on Monte Cristo living. In a sheep carcass. Corey Holt said they're adorable. Holt and Cat Perry were snowmobiling on Monte Cristo when Perry spotted a dog miles into the backcountry on Saturday. She said, I'm not going to leave any animal on the mountain to starve, especially it was obvious she had pups. Despite the couple's best efforts, they couldn't get the mom dog. They went back up Sunday knowing full well it was a long shot. They found the dog and the three pups nearly five miles from the closest paved road. Weber County Search and Rescue just happened to be in the area and helped bring the puppies off the mountain. The mom, she was too wild to trust, so uh, Perry left behind 20 pounds of dog food. Holt said, we didn't have a leash, we didn't have a rope or anything, so we'll try and go back and get her. So it was a feral dog? Yes, with with puppies. Well, leave the mom alone then. The the wild dog is wild and let her fend for herself. And there's a good chance those puppies would have lived. Well, investigators think the mom was protecting a flock of sheep at one point on the mountain over the summer. Mm. Uh, It's a great Pyrenees, the dog. Oh. When the rancher went to collect the herd, they think the dog had gone off to have the litter. Oh. Perry said they were living in a sheep carcass. She had found a dead sheep. They had eaten. There was nothing left, just a little bit of wool and a few big bones. 
Two males and a female survived, likely from a much larger litter. They said the pups were cold, shivering, and wet, just little balls of ice. But uh, once they got them to the warmth, uh, they so were fine. The mom probably wasn't wild at all then. That, the mom yeah, was just upset that you took away the, yeah. the babies. Yeah. 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 They uh, will go up for adoption, the three puppies. All right. Thank you, John. Yeah. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Clearing my throat with the music. It's pretty gross, isn't it? It is. Uh, what am I going to say? Oh, GLers, I really, really hope you had a chance to take advantage of some of the Black Friday deals from DKMags.com in New Brighton and Monticello Pond, uh, Pond and Gun. I continue to receive very happy tweets and emails from y'all. Uh, and those of you that have uh, ventured out of your usual habits and you've given DK Mags a try, and, they, and if you've been there, you know they have everything from firearms and gunsmithing to holsters, ammo. Ammo, cases, tactical stuff, you name it. You need a new trigger assembly for that junky AR you bought like I do? They've got it. They'll set you up a couple hundred bucks, and you'll have a feather light pole. Uh, DKMags.com, they're the best shop in town. Uh, in fact, if you just need advice or information, no matter who you are what your skill level is or how much money is in your pocket, the fellows at DK Mags in New Brighton and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're going to help you out. They're going to do it without attitude. As for prices, they're going to beat or match any price in town. And you've heard me mention Monticello Pond and Gun numerous times. It's Monticello Pond and Gun. They're just another part of the DKMags.com family. Uh, get started on that Christmas list. I know you've got somebody on that list that would love something from DK Mags. They're located in the the heart of Gumption County, Monticello Pond and Guns, and DKMags.com. Now for my theme. Okay. We'll start with the Peloton exercise bike. <laughs> it's been all over the interwebs yeah. that a commercial for the Peloton exercise bike has been mocked on social media as being sexist, out of touch, and even dystopian. <laughs> Dystopian's a stretch. Dystopian means... Suffering, uh, a dystopian future, a future of unimaginable suffering, and this is there's, this is a, a family of privilege. I watched the commercial. They come down on Christmas morning, and and the and the slim, very attractive wife and mother, uh, has her eyes covered, and then they say, "Ready, look," and it's a, a Peloton exercise bike, and then the commercial goes on to show how she creates. A uh, a year long vlog, mm-hmm. vlog, vlog, <laughs> uh, showing how much she enjoys this and how much some days she regrets getting up to do it and and exercising and uh, uh, it's been called that uh, uh, the ad had a dystopian vibe and compared it to a horror film, uh, presumably meaning that this woman is somehow oppressed by a patriarchal male. Who uh, oh. I guess the implication would be that he wanted her to lose weight. Yeah. Although means. she's by no means overweight. Not even close. Not even close. And they live in a gorgeous house, a multimillion-dollar house, and you can see the outside through her exercise room. And she goes on to film during the commercial. She's filming her year-long journey on her uh, Peloton uh, bike, and the uh, again the social media world. Uh, instantly goes crazy and says, this is wrong, this is sexism, and it cannot stand. Uh, 
and then you we get into microsensitivities. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm going to tell you about that. Uh, what? Not everyone saw, uh, others on Twitter suggested that the man's gift to his spouse implied that he wanted her to lose weight. Absolutely 100% chance that the husband in the Peloton ad is abusive, uh, uh, a la Pundit tweeted. Uh, and again, we're giving credit to somebody named a la Pundit, who I have no idea who that is. But not everyone saw the ad in the same light. There are a lot of microsensitivities around stereotyping men, and just because he bought his wife a bicycle as a gift doesn't mean it's about weight loss said Shelly Zalis, CEO of the Female Quotient and co-founder of the See Her campaign to accurately portray women in media. There were no references at all to weight loss, and it didn't seem like she needed to lose weight. It was about health and wellness, uh, but these do-gooders power wash it. Uh, other experts challenged the assumed connection between fitness for the sole purpose of weight loss because the woman looks too good. Uh, you can imagine, you can imagine what if they had uh, cast a big girl for the, uh, for the yes. ad, uh, I, I, uh, they didn't. They, they, this, this gal they chose to for the ad is very slim and appears already to be terribly healthy. Uh, let me move to the second example uh, and then try to develop this theme that I've been struggling. Can with. Can I help you with your Peloton thing, really sure. quick? A lot of the people that were offering up those comments, a lot of them were tongue in cheek, as in like he must be abusive. It, it, no, I, I don't think so. I will say, I will disagree with you because here's why. Well, I'm telling you, hold on, hold on. Because the Peloton brand itself is widely panned. There was a whole series of things done against them, and that's almost part of why? their marketing campaign. Why are they? Why? Because what's happening? We're talking about Peloton bikes. No, but why are they pan? Why have they been insulted? Because it's, you know, the, the, the series was, oh, I have a $500,000 apartment downtown Manhattan, but I'm going to put my Peloton bike right in the middle of it. It's things like that. Uh, Reeves? Uh, we don't anticipate that. <laughs> Continue with your theme. Well, uh, let me try to Raising salvage my theme. Patch it together. Let me try to patch it together. <laughs> it together. First of all, I'm not talking about Peloton. I'm, I'm talking about, well, I'll, let me do the theme before I get to the second story. Okay. It seems to me that we're, that all of this is going to come to a head someday. There, there, is a, there is a cultural force in this country that's going to end up in a mob mentality, mm. uh, majority rule type situation that will impact arts, it will impact literature, it will impact advertising. Uh, you, you can't go a week without finding some comedian who decries having to appear on a college campus and now refuses to because of the mob mentality that is, that is, that yeah. is changing the nature of comedy. And here's an uh, now before I return to the theory, try not to blow me out of the water on this one. I'm sorry. This this one is uh, uh, there's a new movie out called The Irishman. Martin Scorsese, yeah, right. The Irishman. Very popular. And the again the uh, the social warriors are upset that because Anna Paquin, who is uh, has a role in the film, only gets to speak seven words. Uh, and the outcry became so great that even De Niro, who is a famous Mysterian, uh, felt compelled to defend Paquin's limited lines. Paquin portrays Peggy Sheeran, adult daughter of mafia hitman Frank Sheeran, just seven words, and she says just seven words in the three-plus-hour film. During the movie, Paquin's character develops a friendship with Frank's friend, union leader Jimmy Hoffa. 
Frank is portrayed by De Niro, and Hoffa is portrayed by Al Pacino. Later during the film, Paquin's character asked De Niro's character about Hoffa's disappearance and asked De, Niro, De Niro's character why, uh, uh, hasn't, why hasn't he reached out to Hoffa's wife as they were friends. Why? That's one word. Paquin's character says to De Niro, why? That's two words. Why haven't you called Joe? Seven words. And so people are upset about this. People are upset about this. Social media voiced outrage over Paquin's limited but compelling lines and accused the production of perpetuating sexism, insisting that Paquin's character could have been further developed. So you have, you now have a mob rule <laughs> mentality telling Martin Scorsese how to direct a film. Boo. Yeah. You have a mob rule mentality. Uh, you know nothing about filmmaking, and you're telling... Uh, uh, whether you like them politically or not, you're telling three great actors, Pesci, De Niro, and uh, uh, Pacino, Pacino uh, that you're guilty of sexism along with your director, Robert Scorsese, because this woman didn't have enough lines to suit you, and therefore we are determining that constitutes sexism. Wow. There is a, there is a movement. <laughs> there is a movement that we're going to see come to a head, I think. I think, you know, at some point... The buck's going to stop, and you're going to tell school principals, put it where the sun don't shine, pal. I'm sending out Christmas cards. Yeah. And all you people who think Rudolph is about bullying, go away. We're, we're done with it. We're tired of it. And don't tell me, Scorsese could say, how to direct a movie. I've got a few awards under my belt. That's like telling Wayne Gretzky how to shoot a puck. <laughs> don't tell me how to direct a film and what character development I should give to the female character in the film. Why doesn't anybody come forward and say those exact words? That's why we're here. We shouldn't have to speak for I know. him. He I should come forward and say, hey, stick it where the sun don't shine. W Magazine even joined the Internet discussion, publishing an article <clears throat> titled, Was Anna Paquin Deprived of Screen Time in the Irishman? Paquin, by the way, loved her role and, and would do it over again. De Niro slapped down the criticism and told USA Today that her line was important and her character powerful. Uh, she was powerful, and that's what it was, he said. Uh, back in October, Paquin herself spoke out on her limited lines in the film, expressing nothing but gratitude for being involved in the project at all. In remarks to the Daily Mail, Paquin said, I think a lot can be said without words. I think sometimes a look is worth a thousand words, and the internalized judgment that she passed on her father is not something that she would be able to verbalize, not at that stage in her life. She'd need 20 years of therapy to be able to explain to him why he was a problematic parent, <laughs> Paquin said of her character. But it was really interesting. It was a bit of a challenge, but one that was incredibly exciting for me. The point is, <laughs> are we going to get to the point in this country where the mob mentality of the left is going to determine art. It is for some people. Suge. Literature. Yep. Yep. Film. Music. Comedy. What? Everything. Right. Talk to, talk to, speaking of comedy, talk to a comedian. Tell them what this mentality oh, has yeah. done for their work. This, uh, they it, can't do or say anything yeah. anymore. If you have watched the uh, comedians in cars getting coffee yes, with Jerry yes. Seinfeld, yeah. this gets addressed every other show where Se because Seinfeld hates it. Like you said, the college campuses. Right, they won't go on anymore. Yeah, and, and there was one, a newer one with Ricky Gervais where they both, you know, they he made a very funny line that perhaps wasn't PC and they <clears> were debating whether or not to leave it in and they talked about how comedy and ironically, this, and comedy should comedy should go to the edge. Yes, and that's what it's yes. supposed to do. 
and ironically, uh, Seinfeld is one of the cleanest guys out yeah. there. Yeah. But these affectations are not being brought to us by people with credibility in the arts. None no. whatsoever. No. They're being brought to us by uh, mean-spirited people attending to bring a darkness upon the mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with art. Although they would be the type of people that would defend profane art, for example. Anything that would break down, anything that would break down convention or tradition, which is why I don't think we're uh, seeing a war against Christmas. We're seeing a war against anything that has passed for tradition in this Mm -hmm. country. Uh, And now you're going to have these mobs of people uh, in a majority rule in the greatest republic in the world that's fading fast. You're going to have a mob mentality that will determine what artists can do, what singers can sing, what Scorsese can film, what De Niro can act. Are you kidding me? You're already seeing it in late-night television. You have these hosts now who don't really have late-night television uh, shows of any interest. They have late-night television shows that parrot, that parrot and echo this mob mentality that demands of them that they be critical of anything that would pass for convention and, and isn't tradition. That, isn't that why we were all rooting for Chick-fil-A until they finally yeah. caved in, too? And now, can I, I go back to my Peloton? Uh, wait, wait a Look, second. Uh, Ironically, De Niro, way, way over there on the far left. Oh, absolutely. Way over there. Absolutely. But and he's the, saying, leave us alone. Yeah. We're the filmmakers. Yes. yes. Well, and Scor- I did yeah. find a comment from Scorsese, too. Uh, he did. Uh, he and Spike Lee had a conversation about film in October. He said, quote, I decided she doesn't have to say anything. It's his movie. He it's gets his to movie. That. You see your father do something like that? I'm sorry. You see him crush the guy's hand like that? Other kids, maybe. This kid just couldn't take it. So that was the character to that's, him. Yeah, that's, that's exactly uh, right. It's his art. And that's it's what Anna film. Paquin told the Daily <laughs> yeah, Mail. Yeah. I, that character would have needed 20 years of therapy to and, voice what she wanted to voice. And one more thing. This reminds me of the piece you read last week written by the lady. I can't remember what magazine she was writing for, but it was in reaction to Ford versus Fer- Ferrari. What was her name? And oh, she oh, was yeah. the uh, auto editor for Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah. She said it reminds that me of that. Uh, this was too white right. and, and uh, not enough women. Right, and it harms the climate. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Get back to Peloton. Yeah. What was under attack in the cultural mob mentality is the very idea of a man giving a woman a gift. That's what's under attack. And so it gets turned into well, obviously he did it because it's sexism and he wants her even trimmer. No, mm. he gave her a $2,000 stationary bicycle to stay in shape that he probably rides too. Right, right. And since you'd started this discussion, and since Reavers tried to sabotage it, yeah, thank you really very did. much, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I've been on Twitter uh, following this Peloton thing on uh, Twitter, and it's going both ways. Right. It is yeah. people sure. that are very serious, and then there's mockers. But it reminds me of a commercial that I've seen. That I've when I see this commercial, I go, that ain't my family. It's the guy that brings his wife out the front door, oh, yeah. and there's two beautiful GMC sitting there, New a trucks. nice big truck and a nice big SUV. And yeah. I, every time I see that, I think that'll never be me. No, that'll just, never no, be any of us. That'll never be. Oh, I me. saw a great tweet that said something to the effect, "Hey, can we get this straight? Nobody gets a truck for Christmas." <laughs> <laughs> well, not to mention, hey, honey, I bought two of them without your permission. <laughs> yeah. right. One's for you, and one's they're for stepping me. out of a ten million dollar house. <laughs> yeah. If I did yeah. that, my wife would kill me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or you the bought the wrong papers. color. Yeah. Yeah. Divorce papers. Run, but the point is, the point is, I'm wondering now, 
uh, if it isn't going to some, uh, come to some sort of front. Can it come to sure. some sort of, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what form that would take. Uh, I don't know. But this is, this is, uh, this is unconscionable to, to tell Peloton that their ad was wrong. But you're right, by the way, as far as the mob mentality, because I read something this morning that Peloton's stock is down 15%. Yeah. Rebounding, rebounding now. Is it really? Rebounding now okay. as people come to their senses. Okay. Yeah, people are pushing back now, too. And I'm terribly amused at... Uh, that Scorsese, of all people, is being told by uninformed people how to make a film. Right. Yeah. I think he's without, got that covered. Without yeah. understanding yeah. the, the nature of this woman's character and that her her father was Jimmy Hoffa, for God's sakes. And, and uh, I, I, it's, it's, is this going to have a happy ending in culture or no. is this going to get ugly? Or is it going to dead end? Is it going to dead end where the the real mob, the, the, the America, says, BS, we're done. Well, uh, speaking of that, Matthew, uh, you guys know who Whitney Cummings is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a, a writer of uh, TV shows, and she's been on TV shows. She's Comedian. A pretty funny gal. Uh, she actually said, bleep the haters, anybody can get me a Peloton, and I'll love it. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, And I would consider her on the far left. Yes. Um, so there, there is pushback, Suge. But it's... it's it, <laughs> And my option is to either push back by bringing this up or ignoring it. Well, if I ignore it, that's just one absent voice in the pushback movement. So I have to push back because this is not tolerable. This is not not tolerable. Answering to these anonymous fools who have no idea what they're talking about. But there's certain catchwords and buzz phrases that can that can give them a panache. Oh, it's sexism. It's abuse. It's patriarchy. It's no, it isn't. It's a bleeping ad for a, a stationary bicycle. That's all it was. Uh-huh. That's all it was. As for the movie, I'm definitely going to see it now. Whereas so, before, so I probably wouldn't have. It's I, very long. That's. I, I think I'm going to see it at home. I want. Well, you have to pretty much. You can pause it. But yeah. I wouldn't have given it a second thought and probably ignored it otherwise. And now I've got to see it. Really? Yeah. Not a Scorsese fan. Eh. You know, interesting. They're all dark. Did you like and, the last waltz? They're all dark and depressing. Yeah, Not but the that last was, waltz. That was seventy six. That's right. It was seventy six. But I liked it. I was eleven. Mm-hmm. I was forty. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was. I was almost thirty. <laughs> I was twenty nine. You bastard, Olson. <laughs> I'm not too old, though, to ride an electric assist bike from Equifund Motorsports. <laughs> not in a Peloton, an electric assist bike. No, I'd rather ride. I, I, I'm not an indoor exercise guy. I'm not a gym guy. Mm. I like being outside. And right now at Ecofund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, 100 bucks off all electric bikes. That's on top of the year-end prices. Free ATV helmets with all gas youth ATVs. Uh, 100 bucks off all in-stock su- uh, scooters on top of the year-end sale prices. GLers, tell them that you are a listener of the podcast, and there'll be a little something in it for you. You know what I'm saying? A little Black Friday special that they're hanging on for GL listeners. Also, a full line of Yamaha winter products, snowmobiles, ATVs, side-by-sides. Great service situation at EcoFund. Tim Bloom runs a truck through town when he needs to. He picks up your scooter or your bike if it needs service. They run it back to Forest Lake, repair it or do whatever they have to do, change the oil, bring it back to you. Uh, It's a great, great way to... uh, have service done on your vehicle that you get from EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. And uh, all electric bikes now, all electric assist bikes, 100 bucks off. And that's on top of the year-end prices currently underway. EcoFun Motorsports, downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. 
needs a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. During the off-air portion of the show, we were talking about hospitality and how important good hospitality is. Whether you're staying the night in a hotel or whether you're just going out for a date night and you want to have a good meal, you want to have a good, wonderful uh, ambiance to the restaurant, and then you want to, of course, just sit back and enjoy yourself and not worry about a thing. Well, that's where Jack's Cafe comes in. It's the rookie here. Jack's Cafe is online at jaxcafe.com. Three generations, family-run business. They're great people. Billy does a fantastic job over there, and he understands that when you have earned your hard-earned money, you want a good value. That's where the rookie VIP date night menu comes in. When you sit down, order a drink, have a little cocktail, and ask for the rookie VIP menu, they'll bring it out to you, and you can pick from several different choices. It is a four-course dinner for two, includes a bottle of wine and dessert, and the ambiance is free. Check out the back patio decorated for the holidays. And speaking of the holidays, if you're looking at that holiday party for work or for your family, they can accommodate up to 300 people they have the facilities for, maybe a wedding. Call them. Ask them ask them some questions or just go ahead and book a reservation for a date night. 612-789-7297. Northeast Minneapolis, 1928 University Avenue Northeast, right at 19th Avenue. Tell them the rookie sent you, jaxcafe.com, jaxcafe.com, 54 55, 56. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Uh, thanks for the two seconds. You bet. I, I yield the balance of my time for the newsman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I would like to clear up something from far earlier in the uh, podcast. Oh, what did I say wrong? No, the football thing. We were talking about Monday Night Football. Oh, Joe yeah. asked uh, about local stations carrying them. The NFL agreement uh, with uh, the league and TV, any of the games that are on ESPN or NFL Network can be syndicated out. First choice in a, it's the two obviously the two teams that are playing those markets. First choice goes to the ABC station generally on Monday Night Football because they're affiliated and owned by the same company that owns ESPN. But in recent years, uh, Dancing with the Stars, which is on Monday nights, gets such big numbers that ABC stations are not taking the local games. So uh, that's that's why it, it can it can literally be mix, on any station in the market. You mix would that say, into the end of the world stuff, Joe. That's what you going. you would think in this market with the Vikings playing on Monday night that ABC would have wanted it. What? Uh, one small one small what? Uh, what did it's I not miss? it's not ABC. It's the local. Oh, the local chooses. I, see. I think that's a very good decision. But, I do too. Big numbers. But for this year, with the stars. Okay, are they bigger than football numbers? They uh, must be. Dancing with the Stars I bet they are, is yeah. usually one well, or two. I can see staying with Dancing wise. with the Stars. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the hell are you guys talking take about? Take the income. I'm, I'm, I discovered Nothing. a guy that restores tractors, so I so kind you're, of you're checked out. He's zoned out. You're pulling out. a reavers from yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy restores tractors, man. Well, a lot of people do, can't you? That's not novel. Lee J. Sackett. Is it strange that I I have no connection to farms or the earth and kenny knows i'm a city but i love tractors yeah Is everybody does yeah and this guy not to like tractors. this guy restores tractors for a living yeah hard oh not to put on your straw you know, porsche, porsche and lamborghini made tractors that's, a, that's yeah. porsche yeah, porsche and lamborghini <laughs> made tractors <laughs> sorry joe i met a guy that restores pinball machines earlier today i did yeah, too very Got cool the, uh, lunch we need a yeah. gl one we yeah. do it's hard not John, to put you on do your the news or just okay let me do like some a, news your for bib you. overalls and hop on a tractor and let somebody take a picture farmer of you. fathead yeah, farmer fathead <laughs> yeah. attorney general keith ellison announced that Kenny, his that's office, one of my mistakes by the way <laughs> that picture yeah, I'll that's say. one of the best pictures i've ever seen the head the size of the tractor <laughs> really is. 
It almost looks like it's Photoshop because it it's does. so like a yeah. giant head was placed on the track. It's like a harbor buoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there should be pigeons sitting yeah, on it. Oh <laughs> Attorney, Attorney General Keith Ellison announced today his office is filing a lawsuit against Jewel Labs, a manufacturer of e-cigarettes. He made the announcement alongside Governor Tim Walls. Ellison said, we are suing Juul because they have deceived and misled Minnesota consumers of all ages, created a public nuisance, and especially harmed our young people. The attorney general said the lawsuit will lay out how the e-cigarette company has created public nuisance and how it's violated consumer protection laws here in Minnesota. The lawsuit will seek the court to order Juul to stop its deceptive conduct in regards to marketing in Minnesota, fund corrective public education campaigns, fund clinical vaping cessation treatments that are appropriate for underage users. Wait a minute, stop. I, I thought we learned, though, that it's not the it's not the legal stuff being sold over the counter that's harming right. the kids. What it's the, the illegal stuff. That's true, but what the the thing again that they've always had against Juul is they market the uh, flavored stuff and market it. Two kids, like underage. Oh, okay. well, the gotcha. kids got the kids have to start somewhere. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> no. what the hell? Throw no. a flavor. Hey, kids, <laughs> Kenny here for <laughs> it's e-cigarettes. strawberry. Come on, kid, give it a try. <laughs> God. An environmental group has put the Department of Natural Resources on notice that it plans to sue that agency for failing to protect Canada lynx from trappers. The Center for Biological Diversity says it's ready to sue, saying the state has failed to comply with a 2008 court order that's meant to protect lynx from being caught by trappers who are seeking other species. The group says state and federal agencies have documented captures of 16 lynx over the past decade in traps that were set for other species in Minnesota, including six that resulted in deaths of the rare cats. The lynx are listed as threatened and are protected under the federal law. Then keep them in Canada where they belong. <laughs> Leave them up there. Cap them up. <laughs> Minneapolis is one step closer toward making bad landlords pay relocation costs for tenants when the city revokes a landlord's rental license. In recent years, Minneapolis saw an increasing number of tenants given eviction notices by their landlords after the city had revoked the landlord's rental license for egregious violations of city ordinances. Minneapolis City Econo- the Minneapolis City Council Economic and Regulatory Services Committee unanimously passed the proposed ordinance on Tuesday that would require landlords who have lost their rental licenses to pay up to three months' rent for displaced renters to help them relocate. U.S. Attorney General William Barr said if communities do not show more respect to law enforcement officers, they may, quote, lose their police protection. Barr made the comments, which are now drawing criticism from liberal groups and commentators at an awards ceremony Tuesday, honoring officers and deputies. In his speech, Barr compared being in law enforcement to being in the military. He said it took decades after the Vietnam War for troops to earn respect. He said he remembers parades as soldiers left for then returned home from the first Gulf War in the 1990s. Barr said Americans instead need to focus on the sacrifice and service of law enforcement, He said they have to start showing more than they do the respect and support that law enforcement deserves. Car news. Got uh, monthly U.S. sales are now being reported for November. Uh, This does not include the big three, GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler, because they now report quarterly. But among the companies reporting monthly data, Volkswagen reported sales up more than 13% year-over-year in November, according to the new figures. The average transaction price for VW, mm-hmm. $45,208. Hmm. 
I find that uh, I find that high. I find that high too. Mm-hmm. Although everybody's, uh, as you read further, uh, that was about sixteen hundred dollars more than the estimated Ford average of forty three six seven six last quarter, and seventeen hundred more than GM's uh, average. The reason for this: people are buying trucks. All right. The Detroit. Well, as we see in commercials, they just randomly show yeah, up and, for, uh, for Christmas. Over the hill. Two for Christmas. Yeah. Two of them. I like red. No, the, one was an SUV. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That SUV you have that you call a truck is yeah. not a truck. That's oh, a little truck. I call it my little truck. City, it's do do that. I'll agree with Kenny. I, I call it a truck. It's four wheel drive. Yeah, it's a you, truck. You do all the time. You I say know. truck. So you yeah. park your lawnmower in the back, run your snowmobile up in it, yeah. Here, uh, carry some concrete blocks, Sometimes. A, a load of manure. Yeah. Mine's Gross. a small SUV. Does that mean I can call it a truck? Because mm-hmm. it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Your car, right. you parked next to me yesterday. Your car is as big as my box. I know. Whoa. It's really? yeah. It's I, I think box. if we had strong enough ramps, we could run your car right up into the back. If of my you pickup. ran into me, it'd be all over. You're talking me. a small Jeep. Yeah, I have a Jeep Renegade, right, right. and uh, if Kenny ran into me, it'd be it'd be all over. Uh, the big three, by the way, traditionally make most of the money on pickup sales with a solid boost for higher priced sport utility vehicles and crossovers. VW doesn't sell pickups in the United States, but they own Audi and Porsche. So that's why they're... Uh, get this. Yesterday, I drove a Chrysler 300, a brand new one, uh-huh. as a loaner car while my car was getting some service. And today, I, Wednesdays, you get a car feature in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Open it up. You know what America's first muscle car was? 1956 Chrysler 300. Really? Yep. I don't I, even I, know I, what And then, one then like. it went away for... Uh, yeah. And then it's, it's been brought back. Hmm. Uh, I, I enjoyed driving it yesterday. I will have to look up a picture of a 56. Well, I, I got the Wall Street Journal here. I am right now. Oh, didn't yes. Ricey have a 300 for yeah, a while? Yeah, he had a yeah. 300. Staff car. She <laughs> thought she was being taken to the Fuhrer. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that thing looks, that, that just, uh, that's, you know. I love them. <laughs> Johnny, that's the one that he went Rockford on when we were up north. It's not, oh, it's not sexy, Joe, but it is pretty cool. It's cool as hell. Yeah, yeah. Big hammy in there. Look out. Big yeah. hammy. Yeah. thing got a hammy? You got a you hammy. Got, do you have it downstairs today? No. We take it for a spin? No, mine got repaired in one afternoon. Two Kansas brothers face charges after being arrested on the same day for apparently unrelated vehicle thefts. Uh, It gets weirder, too. The Topeka Capital Journal said 36-year-old Eric McCracken and 32-year-old Keith McCracken were arrested early Friday, both from Topeka. Where was their brother Phil? You think they've had some grief about that name? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jackson County. Where's Phil? Phil McCracken. Jackson County Sheriff. Really, that's the only reason. Be quiet, be quiet. Jackson County Sheriff Tim Morse said a deputy arrested Eric McCracken after stopping a 2007 Chevrolet Trailblazer for a traffic violation at 1.30 a.m. Friday. Authorities then learned the Trailblazer was reported stolen. At 5 a.m., a Chevrolet Silverado that had been reported stolen was spotted. The driver fled. That was Brother Keith. Drove through several yards before getting out and running, but was captured at a local convenience store. Uh, the punchline to all of this? They're, they have brand loyalty. Police, police <laughs> believe that Keith was driving in the stolen Silverado to jail to post bail for his brother. Hmm. Oh, not much of a punchline, huh? Really wow. wasn't. No. Hello? See, no. he was driving the stolen vehicle I to got the it. police I, station. I, I, I have it. There's actually, actually a town in the county courthouse. You want to know how optimistic I am um, as a member of the royal order? We don't anticipate that. All right. You want to know how optimistic I am as a royal uh, member of the Royal Order of the 21sters? Oh, I'm yeah. already wondering. Does Fratelloni's, serious question, 
Do they uh, store snowblowers? Yes. Yes. And they'll service them? They uh, they do it with both lawnmowers and snowblowers. You take it in. you got a big warehouse somewhere? Oh, yeah, a huge sticks warehouse. It's, it's in, yeah, at the Play-Doh so, Downtown St. Paul. Yep. So Are they'll you, they'll pick it up in the spring, and they'll service it and change the oil and you, bring it back to you in the you, winter? No, you bring it there. You Are bring, you bring it, it to them. them. All right. Yeah, I have but they a, store it all winter. Yeah. I have a summer. question, and I really, really hope Fred is listening right now. Yeah. Um, he listens every day. And I'm wondering, Mike, uh, if I do this, do I have to be wearing a skirt? Wow. <laughs> I usually go for a, 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 a heavier frock. And I'm addressing that right to Mike. I, I don't need any counter help. I want to know what the owner says. Mike's answer <laughs> would be, yes, I am. <laughs> so what are you finding disagreeable, storing a snowblower? Well, you know, it's just... Uh, well, most people do it just for space. Get it, it out of the way. It's for people like... Me, apparently. Us. Yeah, you guys. Us. Right. Yeah, you <laughs> guys. You, guys. you don't all have a farm, Kenny. Yeah, well. For the giant know. barn. Hike up your skirt and bring it into. Get trash. yourself a barn. <laughs> Maybe you could stop at all of our houses, Kenny. There we go. Spring rolls around. My snowblower is running so poorly right now that it only runs on full choke. If I turn the choke down a Single little stage? bit. Yeah, no, it's a duel. If I turn the choke down a little bit, she kills. You better get that repaired. Uh, it sounds like I need a whole new carb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you guys? What do you think, Rook? Uh, you agree? Well, if you're gonna go with that uh, the Cadillac converter, uh, <laughs> the you, Cadillac can, you can trace it all the way down to the starting mechanism with the uh, three on the tree. <laughs> yeah, unless you're driving a 400, which I'm sure is four on the floor with the auto start. You guys all know what the Cannonball Run is, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, we have a new record. It's highly illegal. <laughs> highly illegal. Three guys uh, made the run, New York to Los Angeles. It's uh, called the Cannonball Run. Uh, there's no official rules. There is a speed record, though. There's no sanctioning body. It's because setting a cannonball record invariably involves breaking multiple traffic laws. Well, in other words, club to be in it's illegal. You may not or be uh, may or may not be aware of the existence, but there's a subculture within the automotive enthusiast community. I'm very aware of this that obsesses over the record. Right, right. right. but usually Why are you giving that the horn community, uh, the musical community. Oh. But wait a minute, the, the automobile rec- music. Will you shut the? Okay, Hi. usually when they set this record, it's not part of the cannonball race. Because the cannonball race correct. itself is is uh, highly publicized, and yes. there's a lot of police around. Yes, correct. Oh, you know what they average, John? Does it say These that? guys, it yeah. does. Yeah. 103 miles an hour, including what? fuel stops. Come on. Two members, uh, Arnie Toman and Doug Tabbitt, who, along with a new-to-the-mania young spotter named Berkeley Chadwick, are the latest cannonball champions. At least two dozen attempts are known to have been made by others since the last record was set back in 2013, but only one of those managed to break 30 hours. Well, Toman, Tabbitt, and Chadwick succeeded, uh, succeeded not just in breaking a record many people thought would be difficult or impossible to break. They destroyed the record, making the trip in less than 27 and a half Holy hours. Crap. Yeah. Yeah, and this was a uh, really rigged up, uh, but uh, Mercedes, yes. right? Full yep. of technology, so and stuff. technology, right. so, so technology they can, and stuff. so they can run without headlights. 
they have numerous radar detectors, but they also have radar blockers. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing these guys also use pilots. I have all of this here. I'll, I'll yep. give you the whole info. Yeah, because I, I did this. Yeah, this is fascinating they, to me. They took the northern route, I-80 through Nebraska, I-76 down to Denver, I-70 to the middle of Utah, I-15 to L.A.'s spider web of interstates for a total of 2,825 miles an hour. They no, were 200. Just the miles, just not miles. an hour. Uh, an hour, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. They were able to maintain, I was reading ahead, they were able to maintain an average overall speed of 103 miles per hour. Whoa. That's including stops for fuel. Yes. They managed to keep down to 22 and a half minutes total. Total for, for fuel. a whole trip. Mm-hmm. That's in a country, of course, where the speed limit on the interstate is usually 70. They traveled in a 2015 Mercedes-Benz E63 E AMG Ooh. sedan. That's a, that's a, it rolls under the radar. Uh, it, uh, it is a very plain Jane-looking yeah. car, according yeah. to this description. Puts down about 700 horsepower yeah. to the wheels, thanks to an Alpha 9 package with upgraded turbos, downpipes, intercoolers, and intakes. The brakes and suspension are all factory AMG stuff and work just fine at any speed. There was also, Kenny, a built-in net radar radar detector, mm-hmm. a windshield mount Escort Max 360 radar detector, mm-hmm. an AL priority laser jammer system, yep. and an aircraft collision avoidance system, a bit of gear usually used in airplanes to help them avoid hitting other planes. In this right. case, though, it was meant to help the trio find highway patrol aircraft. It's going somewhere. And from what I understand, the book I read about this by a, na- a guy named Alex Roy, or mm-hmm. Wah, um, that he would run without headlights at night because they had that kind of uh, what is that capability where you can see night vision? Uh, yeah they had the, he had the old night vision mm. thing he's wearing the goggles yeah, so he'd run wow. without headlights wow how I, is that not cuz nobody else can see you i'll bring this book in um, it's called the driver my dangerous pursuit of speed and he did he's this guy alex i'm talking about set the record in 2015 i've seen that book but it's been blown out of the water a couple of times yeah. and these guys did it way faster than him you know who wants to do that Camp, uh, camp I would, would camp would field a team. I would be down. I I, I would love to do that. Yeah, he would, wants to do it. I would love to do that. I can get sandwiches together. I'm completely. You're not allowed in I'm anywhere complete, near it. I'm totally obsessed with this. Yeah, absolutely obsessed. <laughs> in the back, and I jokingly, Kenny, seriously, jokingly I mean, said to my brothers that I want to do the Smokey and the Bandit run. They're all in. We might do it this spring. If uh, I would right now, I would like everybody who's in the Highway Patrol to just turn this off for a second. A <laughs> yeah, right. uh, couple of weeks ago, I scrubbed 10 minutes off my time. Really? In that minutes. truck of yours? It's, it's normally at 210 to 215. I did it at two even. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty well, good. Yeah. Wait, you peed in a jug this time, didn't you? No, it was, I hooked up with some guys. Or a diaper. Oh my God, did we? Or a diaper. We, uh, we got it done. a boy. Yeah. Such glee in your now, voice. Now the highway patrol can read Yeah, now you can turn it. Thanks for coming back. I was just talking about his truck. It combines yeah. class winning and leading, um, <laughs> you know, technology and stuff with uh, Wi-Fi powered by OnStar. Okay. GM made the biggest mistake of their lives oh. not turning that into a campaign. Is they just blew it completely. Is there, what that guy's doing now. Is there more to the story, John? Uh, navigate and police detection, further police detection. They ran Waze, W-A-Z-E. Mm-hmm. It's a popular traffic avoiding and hazard detecting app on an iPad and an iPhone. With the GPS data, they would later need to prove that they actually finished in the time they said they did. They ran two Dash Mount Garmin GPS units 
and one of those GPS tags tracked by a third party. They also had a police scanner and a CB radio, each of which had a big whip antenna mounted on the back. Is there money at stake? Uh, no, it's just pride. But they didn't have um, a guy in an airplane? No. Well, because the book I'm referring to, this Alex guy had uh, had a spotter. Kenny, can you do it either direction, or does it have to start? Uh, it's yeah, I think it's I New think, York to L.A. Yeah, okay. As far as I know, yeah, it's got to go east to west. And just think of getting out of L.A. How much time they had to make up to a- getting out of New York? How much time they had to make up to average 103? Yeah, because you're not going 103 in Manhattan. No. You're going five. I like that last story board work. But 103 is the average. So right. you know these guys are hitting a buck 90. Probably. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd love that. Hey, don't forget to shop at the Garage Logic store at garagelogic.com. We got stuff. We do. We got technology. Order stuff. today. Order get, today. Get your satin free mug. Yes, yeah, satin free <laughs> mug. Get your quarter zip, your all sorts of great stuff. GarageLogic.com. You'll see it right there. Order today and tell them the rookie sent you for a no discount. Catch you next time. GarageLogic.com. Poke around. <laughs>